you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and as you can tell if you skipped the podcast from yesterday or if you just didn't check, I am back after about 41 hours. I have power, and as the joke is, uh, right as I get power, the Indians lose all of theirs. Uh, for those who are not familiar, I am Jeff Ellis, host of Locked On Indians for two years now, over two years, I guess one would say. Uh, before that, I wrote at Scout, and 24-7 is a lead draft and prospect analyst. Before that, I wrote on a myriad of Cleveland sports blogs. We'll talk about the game today, talk about some good performances in the minors to balance it out, and we'll talk about Bieber and Zavalli in their situation. But let's just, let's not bury the lead. I, this was horrendous. Um, oh, I had training I had to, to go do, so I did not watch all of this one because I had to be in the car, and it's okay that I missed good large chunks of this one. I mean, everyone was awful. Uh, every pitcher got tagged. Every pitcher got, you know, it's a, a bad uh, debut by Franklin Perez. This was his major league debut, one and one third innings, three hits, three runs, three walks, no strikeouts. At least hope he's going to get a strikeout, right? Uh, yeah, I talked about Eli Morgan and how he's been so consistently better and better by a month. Not this one. This one, his control completely abandoned him. I mean, he hit two guys. He walked three others in four innings. He had three hits. The weird thing is he didn't give up a home run. We've talked about with Morgan. He is like Josh Tomlin 2.0. He typically gives up one to two home runs a game, and that's just part and parcel. But the reason he's effective is because he limits walks. He limits hurting himself. And two hit batters, three walks, uh, just the one strikeout. You know, he's had been missing bats at a decent rate as well. This was arguably his worst start of the year it was interesting to see that he's now one in five on the year because again he's not pitching bad it was like he's only got the one win but uh he doesn't always go the deepest into games and you know it, it is what it is i'm it's one bad start we can hopefully move past this and he'll be fine the rest of the way uh justin garza has been such a pleasant uh revelation I mean, he's walking everybody uh do we need to really go into his specifics he doesn't record an out Gives up four runs on three walks and one hit, which was a home run. Uh, we talked about Francisco Perez. For some reason, I wanted to say Franklin Perez there, and I saw that. Uh, Alex Young made his debut. First time we have a Cleveland a pitcher born in Cleveland uh, pitch for the Indians since Dave Malicki in the 90s. Malicki and Bill Wirtz were those guys uh, during that era. Uh, not a grand debut for him in the again he didn't grow up in the area but where he was born uh does pitch the second most amount of innings was two and a third three hits four and a runs one walk and a strikeout uh blake parker four hits and one and one third he gives up one run and has two strikeouts he gives up a home run i mean you can't help but laugh uh young also had a hit batter I, I, so yeah i mean they hit three dudes in this game uh, Ramos had a pass ball. It was just ugh, all the way around, which is how you get to 17 runs uh, on 14 hits. Uh, how many walks did they have? Should we do that whole thing? They had 10 walks. Matt Chapman walked five times in this game. 
five times. He walked almost as many times as the Indians reached base. That, that's how bad it was in terms of the control. I mean, they had a lot of chances to come to the plate. So they had 10 walks, 3 hit batters, and 14 hits. 27 potential base runners. The Indians had 3 hits, 3 walks, and an error, so 7 potential base runners. Who reached base twice in this one? I, I mean, there's one guy. It's, it's uh, I feel like, the player I've become the champion of late. That's Bradley Zimmer. He had 2 walks in this one. Uh, getting his OPS up to 713. Again, I am not saying Bradley Zimmer's a star. I'm not even saying he's a starter. I think he's a good fourth outfielder, and I'll continue to defend that position. Uh, other players to at least reach base. Straw had a walk. Rosario had a hit. Ramos had a hit. Mercado had a hit. Other than that, it was... And they only struck out six times. It's just they could not get the ball in play. Uh, Rosario had a double, so that gives you an extra base hit. In a game like this, your three stars, it's pretty obvious you go with Rosario, who had an extra base hit, and Zimmer, who had two hits uh, in this one. And you almost want to forfeit it and not even give anyone the next one. But if I'm just kind of going up, Mercado left two on base. Uh, and then Ramos had didn't leave anyone on base, but he also had a pass ball. So I think you give it to Mercado. as A, a solo hit is more valuable than the walk by straw. Uh so I think, yeah, you give it to Mercado just because he showed a meager sign of life in this one. Uh, this was, depending on how you felt about watching the Indians get no hit, uh, this was the worst game all year to watch for me. This was just a horrible, and again, I didn't watch all of it, but the bits I watched, just couldn't enjoy any of it. It was, I mean, they, they scored in every inning but the first, third, and seventh. It was just unrelenting. Uh, Indians get swept. There are now three games under 500. Uh, let's see if we head over to roster resources. Are they finally eliminated from roster resources playoff hunt? Let, let's go find that one out uh, as we continue to, to talk about just. And this goes into, again, uh, the Tigers or the Indians also fall into a tie with the Tigers for second place right now in the division, too. Uh, so there is that. And the, the Indians still technically have a tenth of a percent chance to both to make the playoff and to win the division basically i think they're saying that their only chance would be to win the division uh again if you go back and you listen to thursday's show which i did partially in my car because i got power late and i was like okay i want to make sure i get an episode up it is well beyond time to call this season you know they're 55 and 58 do your math that's 113 games uh so you got eight no nine 49 games essentially 50 games left it's time to see what players can do put them in their roles for 2022 don't sit there and have you know uh i, I don't want to see jc mejia i don't as a matter of fact i don't want him in triple a if he is healthy i feel like maybe there's a health issue or sam henches as well those guys need to be up they need to be in the pen those players are out of options so you need them next year to, you know, settle into that role that they're going to be in. Henches should not be a starter. He was the opener last week. But you're hoping, we'll talk about Savali and Bieber in the second segment, that those guys will be healthy and that you uh, you won't need him as a starter because you need to see if you have a reliever there. You need to figure that out with him because you don't have, like I said, there's no option left. Mercado out of options. Harold Ramirez, Bradley Zimmer you're not keeping all three of them next year. So you need to start figuring things out with these players. And that's, 
that's just going to be how it goes. I and mean, they need to sit down and figure out the option game. Bradley's Bradley's Himmer, Bobby Bradley out of options. This is you know Yu Chang out of options. So it's either you're going to believe this guy sticks with your team for all of next year, or you have to consider moving on, plain and simply, because they, uh, you know, why keep a 40-man spot on a guy you know you're probably going to end up releasing because he's not part of the future. When a guy is out of options, you have to be willing to commit to that player as a starter for next season. And additionally, like I said, they are now tied for second with the Tigers. Tied with the Tigers. They could fall backwards. They could fall further. It's there's no point in sitting there and running, running out a bunch of vets. They need to know what they're going to do, you know, make a plan, stick to it, and realize 2021 is done. Everything needs to be planned for 2022 heading forward. Our first fantastic sponsor is Built Bar, and I got my new Built Bar order today in the mail. That's right. I still had two boxes of Grasshopper uh, Fudge left, but I went ahead, got the orange, got the Rocky Road. I like the Rocky Road. I like the Grasshopper more. Uh, I have not had a chance to really dive into the orange to compare. I had already eaten two Grasshoppers for breakfast when the order came, and I was like, okay, I gotta gotta go ahead and get my Rocky Road. Uh, try that out. I it's, it's delicious, especially if that is your type of thing. And right now, when you place that order, uh, you get a little travel koozie type of deal. It's got two little ice packs in the top and bottom. Keep multiple bars in there. It's pretty spacious. Uh, I, I think I could probably jam three, maybe four bars in there to take to school uh, with the school year right around the corner. And when I place that order, I use the promo code LOCKED15 to get my 15% savings. And as you place orders, you could also end up being someone like me where I got $10 off my last order through my Built Box. Go to BuiltBar.com. It is good for you. It is an A-grade in my health food app. It tastes delicious. It's filling. And it gives you energy. It is the perfect meal for on-the-go Remember, that is BuiltBar.com, promo codes LOCK15. I don't know what more I can tell you. It is a product that after a year I'm still buying, still enjoying, still using. It's great. Check it out for yourself. So let's talk Bieber and Savali. So we have these two pitchers, arguably, when you get right down to it. Amongst the Indians players, this year, maybe they're you know two of their top five. I don't. That's not even arguable question is is it two of their top three or is it a little bit further down uh you know i think fran mill jose savali and bieber are right now the top four on this team and i really can't think of anyone else who's really putting themselves in that position to knock them off so let's talk about savali uh that he was on the mound on tuesday which is the first time since he was june 21st when he uh went down with an injury and you know, he's working his way back. He's supposed to throw... He threw a bullpen session. I think he's supposed to throw a phantom game this weekend uh, at Lake County. He's going to go and throw down there. And he's just trying to get his strength up, trying to get back to where he could be. So the stimulate Stimulated. Simulated game, but maybe he'll find it stimulating. Is supposed to occur this weekend. And again, this, this all leads up to potentially in the next you know week to week and a half maybe seeing him back in the Indians rotation uh, again at that point in time uh, he would they would need to open a 40-man spot for him uh, again I believe they're at the max for the 40-man I could be wrong but in my mind I thought they were at the max when they went ahead and added Ramos so they didn't need to corresponding move them but I think they are now there after their 
plethora of moves at the deadline opened a few spots so they would need to find a spot for him and you know when you put him in he's probably the next person back uh so then your rotation should set up once Savale is back with Savale, Plesak, McKenzie, uh, Morgan, and Quantrell. That that should be pretty easy to do right there. Again, I think he will be back before Bieber, even though we uh, have not had, uh, even though we've had more recent news on Bieber than we have had on Savale. I took some time to dig there for a second, and they actually do have one more open spot, so adding Savale will not change anything for the Indians as of right now. But let's talk about the bigger set of news, which is the Shane Bieber information that came out uh, that you know he is finally getting back on the mound. He's going to throw a bullpen Friday or Saturday. That's the first step. Uh, Savali has already thrown a bullpen. He's kind of working his way back. It's It's been a while. You know, He went out before Savali went out, and he's going to be back after him. I was supposed to be like, oh, we'll shut it down. And he was a you know 10-day disabled list. And they both were started out small and moved to the 60. Uh, you're hoping he'll come back. Everything will be fine. There won't be any concerns or worries. There's no bigger deal, issue, or injury. And then, you know, I talked about it on the show for Thursday. I honestly, if he comes back and Savali comes back, I, I'd rather see them just go to a six-man rotation. Uh, call me crazy. Call me whatever. You want to get those pitchers reps. And you also don't want to overwork them. Now there might be the thought that maybe, you know, Bieber and Savali will need a few more reps because they haven't pitched as much. Have to go look at innings counts. There is a chance, specifically with someone like Tristan McKenzie, I want to double-check where he is, but, I mean, he could be nearing the end of how many starts he can even, you know, innings he will pitch this year. So when you look at the whole scale of it, I'd like the idea of a six-man. Uh, what has... Right now you're at, uh, quick math, what is that, uh, 80, almost 88 innings for McKenzie. So he's actually pretty okay for the number. I mean, you look at 49 games left, that's what, you know, if you're going through maybe, uh, yeah. I mean, in some world maybe you're like, oh, okay, you take 49 divided by 5 and it's 12. Well, it's not, that'd be 60. Uh, 49 divided by 5, well be a little less than 10 depending on you know how you want to break it up but I, I don't think there's 10 starts left in McKenzie so you could also look at it that way that for now when everyone's back maybe by the time everybody's back McKenzie's innings are up and it's it's time to shut him down because again you know he pitched 33 innings in 2020 uh, he pitched 90 innings in 2018 and he pitched zero innings in 2019 so you're not going to sit there and really get his innings high you're going to have to set him down at some point in time and let him rest so i say you start with a six and you scroll back from there you hope everyone else is healthy you start getting those reps for the pitchers and sets you up for a situation for next year that hopefully is better than what we saw this year where when things went sideways they had to just try everything they're having guys go from high a to starting having multiple players make their major league debuts as a starter uh, really scrambling uh, and then you go and you look at what's setting up for next year. This is six arms that you're hoping will be in a situation for the Indians to have where, you know, maybe Eli Morgan, who is clearly the sixth of this group, starts the year in AAA, but he gives you a depth option, and he has options left. You can go and use him. Cody Morris, with as well as he's pitched and being added to the 40-man, might force his way into the discussion. 
And again, I think Morgan as a relief arm is always a possibility. Now, he's shown more as a starter than I expected him to, so I'm a little more hesitant to do that now after discussing it earlier in the year. But you're in a situation, yes, we felt good heading into last year. And the rotation for next year looks like what I think a lot of us thought the rotation for this year would start out being, which is Bieber, Sabali, Plesak, McKenzie, and Quantrell. I, I feel like that is pretty set in stone. Uh, Logan Allen pitched well. Logan Allen, the elder. And I believe he is also out of options. So he is a good chance not with this organization. Uh, I can't see any situation where Quantrell does not stay in the rotation. But you have the depth. Morgan has proven himself. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with Scott Moss, who finally got the pitch a few weeks ago. Uh, I mentioned Morris is moving up. You're going to have other players. And that double-A group are going to start getting closer and closer so I'm feeling better about the overall pitching depth for the team. Uh, looking forward to getting to see Bieber pitch. It was always an event. It was always you thought something special could happen every time he pitched in particular. So I can't wait to see him back on the mound for the Cleveland Indians. We're going to take another break. We'll come back and we're going to talk about some things that have occurred in the minor leagues over the past week, some performances, some interesting things. And I'll finally sit down and talk about the list I made of Rule 5 players. Our first fantastic sponsor is over at betonline.ag. You know them, you love them. BetOnline, our official sponsor for all things when it comes to lines and like. Right now I'm going over to BetOnline. They have a $1,000 welcome bonus Go when you bet on football. Go check that out. $25 risk-free prop wagers, football lines, baseball lines, spin to win, uh, multi-hand blackjack, Mystic Grounds, American Roulette, whatever you can imagine, they have it over at betonline.ag. And you can switch back to their classic format or use their fancy, nice-looking new format. Remember, that is betonline.ag, our official sponsor and partner for all things gambling. And when I say all things gambling, go to the site, check it out for yourself. Anything you can imagine, they have it. Uh, Remember that when you do go there and you make your first deposit, you want to use the promo code Locked on. That is locked on to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Who doesn't want extra money to play with? Go to Bet Online today. And our other sponsor is Wild Alaskan Seafood. What I love about Wild Alaskan personally is that it's sustainably wild, sustainably sourced, and wild caught. That means you're getting high quality fish. Uh, we all know that fish are great for us. I need to eat more fish. I need to get more fish just in my diet in general because it's probably the healthiest protein you'll find. Uh, I mean, I'm taking fish oil. I know many of you out there, if you're my age, probably are as well. But remember to go to Wild Alaskan Company because they're going to take all the guesswork out of the way for you. They deliver high-quality, sustainably sourced, wild-caught seafood right to your door. You can choose from salmon, whitefish, or combination, and every month there are different specials to explore. Each of it contains individually wrapped portions of which of your choice and you know you can always change your plan every month with a hundred percent get satisfaction guaranteed or your money back get your nutrient from nature with wild alaskan company and right now you get 15 percent off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash mlb that's wildalaskancompany.com slash mlb for 15 dollars off your first box go check it out today do your body a favor. Get some fish in it. So there's a lot of different ways we could start with this minor league stuff, but let's just start with the filthiest numbers, right? 
Let's talk about the guy who's probably getting the most attention with the deep divers, and that's Jonski Noel. Uh, if you have you've heard me talk about him on the show, the Indians are burying him, and there's a few reasons why they're burying him in low A. One, uh, there is the degree of you know he is a, a first baseman. More he's listed as a third baseman. He's played a lot of time first. Right now he's more of a first baseman who is in low A in a stadium that is not uh, wired to get good video. So there is less chances to see him. There is less exposure. Uh, He already plays a position that is very unlikely to get selected in general in the Rule 5 draft. They're trying to bury him as much as possible because you don't want to protect him. You don't want to start burning option years. Yes, they could promote him to high A, but the only reason you're not promoting him is you're trying to bury him because you value him and you're not planning to protect him you don't want to burn the option here and you know you're under that crunch and i think you know i had someone debate with i debated with justin lotta who i respect and i've had on the show multiple times this isn't to degrade him or anything like that else but we had that debate about it uh, on twitter like you know is that that big of a deal and i'm like it has to be because the indians there's no conceivable reason to not have promoted him by now if you know, other than the fact that they're hoping that it makes the odds slightly more in their favor. They're willing to do anything to get those odds a little more in their favor when they're under a crunch. Because what has John Skinwell done? Well, currently he's hitting 399. We'll just start there. 429 on base, 706 slugging, 194 runs created plus. Striking out uh, 15.6% of the time, walking 4.5. That's the one weakness. He doesn't walk much. But when you're hitting almost 400, and you're slugging a 706, I would not expect him to take walks. Why would you bother? Uh, in the past, in some of the lower minors, his walk, rate, his walk rates have kind of gone down a little through the years, but it's something that I feel like could, you know, go up as it's a skill that, you know, he could need. He's hitting his bat pip is 418. Again, that shows quality, quality. Uh, ability to make contact against pitching at that level is a great indicator of future success i just laugh because i'm not sure i've ever seen anyone put up a season like he is putting up uh, in the lower minors it's one of those things where you wish we had more data you wish we had a little bit more of the you know where he's hitting it and how much and all of that we just have kind of the limited data out there Uh, he is pulling the ball more but he's also using the whole field. It's 39% pull, 30-30 for center and opposite field. So it's not like he's a dead pull hitter. He's using the whole field. Uh, he has been great. So over the course of games, let's see, he's played 16 games at first, 13 games at third. So it, it's been more at first, but he's been split between the two. Not a great defender. That is definitely the knock on him. I think you will see his valuation change in a lot of places. Uh, you know, he turned 20 in July. Uh, I don't know where to put him. Honestly, he's probably going to be like my 11th prospect for the Indians. Like he's going to be in that situation where like Cody Morris is 10 and he's 11. Uh, you know, my gut feeling prospects I already I already talked about this. I'm probably still going to go leaning into Nolan Jones one with uh, Arias two and Freeman three, Valera four. Like then it's probably almost easier to go from the back and be like Noel, Morris, Naylor. Uh, and then it's like, okay, so who's eight, seven, six, and five? Yeah, go through it and figure out those numbers. You know, I probably have someone like Rocoyo at eight, honestly. 
But again, I don't have the list in front of me. This is completely top of my head BSing right now. But Noel is one of those guys, much like Lavastida, who I've also talked about for that 11 spot. He make the back end is very competitive, and overall, that's why they're having a 40-man crunch. Like they're so talented. It's like in there. I know somewhere in there. Like I said, yeah, my gut feel right now is probably Espino around five, maybe Logan T. Allen around seven. Uh, Got to figure out six. You know, Gavin Williams feels a little aggressive for me there. Maybe I push everyone up, and he goes to 11 or. Maybe 11 stays La Vestida in my mind. I, I got to figure it out. And like Lenny Torres, eventually, uh, you know, what do we do with, with him? Very, A lot of people were very, very high on him heading into the year. Uh, most places did have him like a back-end top 10 guy, but he's definitely one of those ones like Torres, Naylor, and Bracho. We've talked about the guys who have really helped themselves this year. We've talked about those types of guys repeatedly. Uh, Torres, Bracho, and Naylor have done the opposite. Those are the guys who are going to take slides. Those are the guys who are going in the opposite direction. Torres has gotten hit. You know, he, he's walking way too many guys uh, as well, and he's not missing bats, which is surprising. And again, he's a guy where, man, he's only 20 years of age. You know, he was drafted in 2018, but he was such a young player. He's still only 20, but he's doing that. I believe he's pitching down in Lynchburg. I do not think he is in high A as a starter. Uh, but he's not been super effective, so he gets dinged a bit. You're kind of figuring out these ranks, like I said, again, on the fly for me. But it's going to be, I'll have to sit down and really go through and dig and sift and the like. But that's what's fun right now. You know, Jose Tenya is probably going to be a lot lower in a lot of places. Dude this year is hitting 290, 338, 479, 121 runs created plus. And by the way, he had, I think, two home runs this week. He's up to 11 on the year. Uh, you know, he's interest. There's so many interesting guys. Let's talk about today. I got the email as I was sitting there, um, setting up for the show. And what does my email from the rubber, rubber ducks say? Oh, we had five home runs. <laughs> you know, like what? Five home runs. By the way, uh, Brian Ricoyo had his first of the year in, uh, double A, but it wasn't the usual suspects. Jose Fermin had his second home run this week. And that's also his second home run in double A. Andrew Monastario, uh, Jonathan Engelman, and Marco Gonzalez all went deep in this one. Uh, the Rubber Ducks won 12-0. They had a anti-Indians game as Juan Hillman picked up his 10th win for them. But I also want to talk about the Rubber Ducks to go back to the Tuesday game. Connor Pilkington on the mound, five innings pitched, one earned run, three walks, four strikeouts, two hits. You can start to see why the Indians liked him, right? You can start to see what is going on with with Connor Pilkington, that they are uh, definitely, there's a reason they targeted him. There's things that they liked, and so far he has been exceptionally good since uh, he got the call to uh, to double A. And then I don't think we got to talk about Peyton, uh, Beatonfield's first start. It went okay. Six innings, one earned run, three hits. Zero walks, six strikeouts, uh, continuing to do the things he's done all year, which is miss bats and not walk anyone. Just another really strong performance. I really, I mean, Indians get a chef's kiss from me. You know, sorry if that's overplayed. I know it's overplayed for the deadline. You know, the Batonfield and Pilkington are really interesting pitchers who help give them more depth. 
which was a huge issue this year in the upper minors. Batenfield not needing to be added, doubly huge. Uh, you know how much I love Miles Straw. You you know how much I love Miles Straw. I I thought it was uh, darn near perfection. I mean, the only way it would have been better is if they had consolidated a few more prospects to get something back, or even if they consolidate consolidated a few prospects. You know, been a little more aggressive in that. We'll see if they do that in the off season. But when you see what Pilkington and Batenfield are doing, when you see what Straw has been able to bring, it, it's hard to get that mad. I don't know. Is there anyone who's still mad about the deadline? I'd be curious to hear from those fans out there. I uh, so I have. Let's see. I have. Yeah, I have. Uh, Lake County's players uh, uh, listed here, so I can just confirm that. Uh, Lenny Torres, yeah, he's pitched there most of the year. Josh Wolf has also pitched a lot there this year. He was a guy that a lot of people, he was, he's been, uh, let's see, how they put it? He is now inactive for the for Lynchburg. Uh, I guess maybe they're shutting him down. You know, he has had some health issues in the past, but you know, he was a player when the Indians got him. There were some who talked about him being the 11th or 12th best player in the Indians prospect system I said okay let's calm down he's more like 20th uh, for me at least and this year in Lynchburg walk rate approaching five strikeout rate is over nine but he's uh, he's just been very hittable and you go back to his time when he was a rookie with the Mets extremely hittable and that's a concern I you know I think he's probably a reliever long term and you know what I'm not going to throw that on Torres yet because coming back from Tommy John sometimes control is an absolute disaster in year one of that hoping to see him rebound uh, but they're very similar pitchers in a lot of regards Torres has a slightly higher ceiling so I think there's a chance for a starter uh, the other side of his Isaiah Green's been a, a beast for the Indians but he's not doing he's doing that in I believe rookie ball he's uh, a step below and you know they promoted PG Halpin over him had Halpin start at a higher level just kind of because of where they believe where they were now, I promised my list. We're getting, we're running out of time here. I better go through this. So here are the players I feel like they have to protect. Uh, Richie Palacios. I guess I can take off Francisco Perez because they promoted him. Uh, Brian Ricolio, Brian Levastida, Joey Cantillo, Cody Morris, Connor Pilkington, Jose Tenya, George Valera, Tyler Freeman. So that's two, four, six, eight. That's nine guys. Uh, if I'm going to roll the dice, the first player... I probably take off that list is is Cantillo or Tenya. Uh, I I feel like you know you, Valera, Freeman, Morris, Ricoyo, uh, Palacios. Those are the slam dongs. You can debate me on uh, Cantillo, Levistida, and Tenya. I guess Pilkington should also be considered a slam dunk. The maybe grouping, the names to watch, but I don't think are there. Oscar Gonzalez, Robert Broom, Jose Fermin. Steve Kwan, Will Benson, Adam Scott, Aaron Bracho, and Jonski Noel. Now we know, again, we talked about why not Noel. Kwan, it's been a small sample size. Benson was uh, selectable a year ago, and there's still big warts to his game. It's an interesting game, but it's still not a guarantee that guy's going to be a major leaguer. Gonzalez is a weird case. Broom has not played particularly well. He's another one who's seen a stock decline. Fermin's been eligible the last two years. Uh, he, you know, with the depth of the Indians minor league system, he's got to be approaching minor league free agency and he might just leave on his own uh, just to get a better chance in a situation where there's less. In- like, if you're an up the middle player, why would you stay in Cleveland? 
Uh, if you're struggling your way up and you are, you know, and for means an interesting prospect, but he is significantly down the ladder and it's just smarter for him to go somewhere else. There are a lot of teams where he would be considered one of the top three up the middle prospects in the Cleveland system. He's just, he's not there. He's played very well. He's been someone where we've debated he could be taken in the Rule 5, good enough to be considered a legitimate Rule 5 candidate. He's played well at A this year. Adam Scott's a lefty. You can never have enough of those. Bracho was like a slam dunk. I mean, at some places as high as a top five prospect entering the year. Uh, maybe someone gambles on the hit tool. I mean, he was a, a he, I believe he was the biggest money guy in that class. He got the biggest bonus over Valera, over Noel, over Rocoyo, he was the big money guy for over tenure in that class. Uh, and by the way, they're all Rule 5 eligible this year because they were all from the same class. What a scouting job that year. And then just some players a note where I don't think they have any chance, but you have to talk about it. Alex Cole and Trenton Brooks, what they did this year. Ramon Burgos has actually pitched pretty well. He's just never been able to stay healthy. Uh, Alex Free Planes was another guy from that class. And... I think he was arguably at the time you're the third or fourth biggest name in that class when they signed it. Just has not come together for him. And then Jonathan Rodriguez, a former uh, third round pick who is having a solid year. Not anything like groundbreaking or earth shattering, but he's been a solid player down there. So that was what I put together just when I was going through stuff. Those are the names to know and watch. Uh, they've already added one. So we'll see what else occurs. But I just I have to read it. It's That system is bonkers. It is a bonkers system. I have no idea how they've done as well as they've had with scouting and evaluating talent. Hopefully it's going to start to translate soon. Uh, the talent level down there is so high that it is set. So they, I mean, they should get scary good and stay scary good because they're just going to either be able to trade for need, though they never do that, <laughs> or they'll continue to build up just waves and waves of talent and I'll have to figure out how to handle it but it's they're setting up for something special they are setting up for the next big run and if you're an Indians fan yeah 2021 not great 2022 it might be kind of mediocre as well if we're being honest but the build is for 2023 that's what the thing is this is not a they refuse to rebuild these next two years are the rebuild on the run years and they are setting up to kind of go in like I said that 2023 year Resume the White Sox are going to maybe start losing talent because they have a cheap owner relative to market size, and that some of those older players, uh, like Lance Lynn, might start to lose their effectiveness, opening that window a little more for a team like the Indians. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked in Indians Podcast. Sorry again for my uh, my lack of power this week, uh, and sorry for the Indians' lack of power on Thursday. Uh, thank you all for listening, rating and reviewing, downloading daily. It helps our show grow. Uh, it's very, very important to us. I want to crack the top 10 amongst baseball podcasts on the network. Come on, people. Let's help me out. This is this is the dream, to crack the top 10 just baseball podcast on the Lockdown Network. I think we can do it. Join with me. Help me out. Download daily. Get a friend to download daily. Uh, just hit play, even if you can't listen that day, and leave it uh, on mute while you work on something else. It really would help us out. Just if every single person who downloaded did it daily, that would probably like get us in the top three in the network, honestly, amongst baseball podcasts. But again, thank you. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Uh, you can follow the Locked On Indians Twitter, anything that gets sent there. Caleb directs to me, and we'll hopefully have a mailbag edition soon. Thank you all again. For the next year, go Tribe. After that, go, go Guardians, go.